What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the B Squared Podcast, presented to you by Showcase Sports Media. This is one of your hosts, Kent Carpenter, alongside... Alex Wiesen. How's it going, everybody? Uh, shocker, Ken and I actually have no special guests today, so what? we are riding solo today. Nobody? Nobody. This is weird. This is not how B Squared works. Well, it's supposed to be out of the world, but we just have way too many friends <laughs> that we want to bring on the, the uh, podcast. This is what happens when you're, you know popular kids like us, just so popular. Uh, But yeah, Alex, you want to dive into what we want to talk about today? Yeah, but before we dive in, we're just kind of explain how our podcast really works because, you know, it's kind of been a confusing format. We've had more special episodes than legitimate episodes so far. So how we're going to go is later in the week is when we're going to film our normal episode, which is where we're going to dive into our topic like today and discuss both sides, baseball and basketball. But occasionally we're gonna have special episodes, and we have been having them every week. And hey, if we want, if we keep doing that, I feel like people somewhat enjoy hearing from other people besides exactly, exactly. So you know, like whenever Ken and I work in sports, we get a lot of opportunities to do so. Ken got one last night that we'll dig into later. Yep. We'll probably have a podcast episode, and just because you know, we decided to start a baseball and basketball podcast right after baseball and basketball ended. So now we're gonna have a little more of these different topics, but. Once the seasons get back into shape, we'll yep. be more strictly just baseball and basketball, like be squared as we planned on. Yep, and uh, you know basketball is coming back in about a month, so hopefully we'll be back to just talking about NBA season soon. And then baseball has spring training and pitchers and catchers report. We'll get into that exactly. And just an update for those of you who listened to our last episode: no, Toyota and Elon Musk have not reached out to us yet about our money for our starting our NASCAR team, B squared Racing. <laughs> Elon, Toyota, if it makes it easier on you, we'll drop our asking price down to $4 million. Yep. I think that's maybe more reasonable. Elon, we'll split the cost of a car, please. Me and Alex will pool together our $20 that we have in the bank. Yes, sir. And we'll pay for a nice racing Tesla, please. So, yeah, we'll pay the $20 and you cover the rest. <laughs> I think it's pretty reasonable. Oh, my God. But anyways, we have a good episode today. Today we are talking about the awards. Um, the MLB just finished wrapping up their awards yep. last night. We're going to dig into a little bit about the NBA awards, which were a few weeks ago. But, yes. And then we'll dive into our in other news segment. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. Lots of news today. Oh, yeah. But to get started, our favorite segment, Ken and Alex's of the day. Yep. So, Ken, I got to ask. Tony LaRusso, man. <laughs> you know... Oh we we talked about God. him getting hired a little. We did with Matt Gregory from the Small Ball Podcast. Yes, we, we did. That out. But what we did not realize when he got hired is he had his second DUI of the year. <laughs> or Sorry, he had his second DUI earlier in the year. And the White Sox actually knew about it before hiring they him. They did. So, in my opinion, putting lives in risks is definitely worse than cheating at the Houston Astros. Yeah. Or should I say the Trash Astros? Yeah, I mean, lives are at risk when you're driving. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I honestly think we should throw him behind the wall that yeah. we're building around the Astros. Yep, throw him in. And, like, I mean, I think he should be managing his trips to AA rather than the White Sox. But uh, what do you think about this, Kent? Uh, here's my issue. is that, well, I don't like to laugh at people who have struggles in life. But what I don't like to do is also give excuses for people that are supposed to be professional in their in what they do. And this was very unprofessional. He was literally saying to the cop, I'm a Hall of Fame person, like showing his ring and stuff. Like, you can't do that, dude. Like, you can't go get drunk and shout at a cop and then still, like, keep your job like that. Yeah. I feel like there's no way he should be 
managing the Astros after that. The the White Sox. And White Sox. I had Astros on the brain because I hate them. The actual quote was, do you know who I am? I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. <laughs> so he was kind of channeling his inner Hulk Hogan on that one. Uh, he didn't even say he's Tony La Russa. He just said, I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. You know, doesn't even Big know deal. His, own, his own name when he's He's, he's on his biggest, Kent. Like, Kent can say I'm the president, and everyone knows who he is, but yep. Tony La Russa can't pull that card. No, he's not me. And, you know, I just think, considering the White Sox knew about it, I really, I'm trying to figure out what they're doing now, you know. I had a lot of respect for the White Sox organization and their future, and I've had a lot of respect for Tony La Russa, especially in his time with the Cardinals, but, like, you gotta be better than that. Yeah, like that's bad. I think that's a bad look on the White Sox that they made that hiring now that they knew that news. Yeah, no, it... And it, and it doesn't make any sense. It's like, you're hiring this guy knowing he had another DUI. Like, do you want to just be in the media constantly for, number one, this guy having, like, racist tendencies, number one, and number two, driving under the influence? I don't know. I'm, I'm a little confused as to what the White Sox are seeing in him. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting, and uh, we'll take a look back at that later as uh, more develops. But yeah, no doubt. diving into our main topic today, awards. Yep. We're going to start with the MLB, obviously. So... I say we should start with the Rookie of the Year. Yep, sounds good. You want to try and read down those uh, those Rookie of the Years? Yeah, so out of the American League, this was, this came as no shock. Everyone, I think, knew uh, Kyle Lewis yep. was going to win the AL out of the Seattle. Uh, second rookie ever to lead the team in batting average, 262. Home runs, 11, and walks, 34 for his team. Yeah. On, on that note, could you have seen an argument for uh, Luis Robert winning it? Or do you think Kyle Lewis ran away with this? You know, Luis Robert had a great season. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a great player. He's going to really be helpful and a key in that White Sox organization. Absolutely. But I just, Kyle Lewis had it all. You know, he had defensive stats and highlights this year. Yes. I just think there was, like, no way you could not choose I remember, Kyle Lewis. I remember him robbing a home run, and I said, wow, yep. this kid is special. Yeah. This kid is special. Now, a little bit of a shock out of the NL. Personally, I the whole season I was rolling with Jake Cronenworth. Same. Um, I didn't even know who this guy was until he won the Rookie of the Year. But do you <laughs> want to dive into our NL Rookie of the Year? Yeah, so Devin Williams. So he plays for the Brewers, in case anybody didn't know that. I didn't even know that. I didn't I'm, know he existed. And Alex and I are huge baseball fans. So it's confusing for me. Devin Williams wins this. He did have a .33 ERA, which is phenomenal as a reliever. He also struck out 53%. Of the batters that he faced this year. Just phenomenal numbers. For me, I can't give relievers awards like that. I It would have had to been Cronenworth for me. Super confused as to why Devin Williams won. But hey, good for the Brewers. They got somebody to win an award this year. With the kind of the uh, the year they had. And Cronenworth is going to be a good player for a long time. So, uh, I don't know. I think it was a fine pick. I think Cronenworth should have won. Well, you know what? I Obviously, Cronenworth, I thought for the whole season was going to win. But then I took a look into what Devin Williams was doing. Obviously, we mentioned the strikeout rate. Yep. 53% of his batter's face resulted in a strikeout. Right. And he was only the fourth pitcher to accomplish at least striking out 50% of your batters. I know Rolish Chapman was one of them. And I honestly do not remember the names of the other two, but I know one of them hit exactly 50% this year. So that's just an insane stat. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I see where the argument can be made for Devin Williams. Um, here's my argument for Cronenworth is that he played 54 games of the 60 for the second best team um, in the NL, which was the Padres. 
and he hit 285, drove in a lot of runs, and uh, just overall provided a really solid infielder right there for him at, at second base. I, I don't think that his contribution to the team should be overlooked, and I think it really was important how much he provided to that team and taking them to that record that they were at. But I see where the argument is for um, Williams, is that, you know, obviously the strikeout rate, the ERA looked amazing. So I, I get it. I just, Cronenworth probably would have been my pick, but I have no issue with those arguments that you made for Devin Williams. Yeah, and you know, Cronenworth definitely, I, I can see he was definitely deserving of it. And, you know, his teammates backed him up. Like, Cosmer tweeted about it. You know, they definitely have his back, which is good to see. They have a good but culture over there. They they're, do. They're building a good culture. But here's what I think, you know, here's what I think was stand apart and why Devin Williams got it, and yeah. deservingly so. I mean, this guy pitched in... I want to say around 56 innings. And as a reliever, that means he's pitching almost every game in a 60-game season. That, that first of all, is unheard of. That is insane to have that much trust in a pitcher, especially rookie. He allowed one run the entire season. That home, that one run was a home run to the Pirates' Colin Moran on July 27th, a solo shot. Really? That one was run. the only run he's allowed the entire season. See, that's dominance. His changeup is so nasty. It is compared to other pitchers' sliders. <laughs> As a baseball player, as a pitching coach, as just a fan of baseball, that is unheard of. A changeup should look nothing like a slider, but the fact that it's compared to a slider is filthy. Just some stats on his slider, or on his changeup, excuse me, alone. Hitters were 0 for 31 on at-bats, ending on a changeup from Williams. Wow. 21 of those 31 outs resulted in a strikeout. So his changeup, probably you can argue based on those stats, one of the most dominant pitches in all of baseball right now. He was on track to break the single-season strikeout record for a pitcher in a full season if uh, we were to get all 162 games in. So that being said, Cronenworth, you could make a case for him, but after looking at the stats and just looking at how filthy he was, yeah. Devin Williams earned that award, in my opinion. Yeah, he just phenomenal. And looking at those numbers, it's definitely harder and harder to argue against it. Um, I just, I again, I do have a hard time giving it to relievers, but that is some pretty unreal stats that he's got there. Exactly. Well, congratulations to both uh, Williams and Kyle Lewis. Yep. We're looking forward to seeing what you guys do in baseball in the future. Stars. Now we're going to dive in. To the manager of the year. Ooh. Kent uh, has got some interesting information on this one. I got some fun takes. So, um, in the AL, we got our favorite manager. God Mr. bless. God bless this man, Kevin Cash. Now, this man is almost single-handedly responsible for blowing the Game 6 lead that they had against the Dodgers and allowing the Rays to lose to the Dodgers in six games after he pulled his star pitcher Blake Snell, but let's go back to this. He took a team that had one of the lowest payrolls in baseball to the World Series. They beat the Yankees and they beat the Astros, two teams that have been in the AL Championship Series a lot over the past few years, and the Astros have been two-time World Series appearance um, team. They have not won a World Series yet, in my opinion. Technically, they did in 2017, but, but uh, we're not going to count that. But also the Yankees. like The Yankees have such a high payroll. They got guys like Stanton and Judge and LeMahieu and Voight. They got all these big hitting stars. And the Rays just were like, yeah, you know what? We're going to beat them. So Kevin Cash took this team to a phenomenal level, and I think he really deserves it. I just think it's sort of ironic that uh, the guy who blew their game um, in Game 6 also won Manager of the Year. So thank you to Kevin Cash again. Congrats on the Manager of the Year. You can have that, and we'll keep our championship in L.A. Kevin Cash is realistically... 
Uh, he obviously had that hiccup in game six. Yeah. But Kevin Cash is a great manager. The Rays, I believe, are definitely ahead of schedule where they should be. I don't think anyone saw them being in the World Series yeah. and pushing the Dodgers to six games. Yeah. Theoretically, they could have pushed it to seven if Cash kept Snelling, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. So uh, Cash definitely deserves a World Series rings from the Dodgers because he won us that World Series. He's but our also very year. deserving of the manager of the yep. award. Now in the NL... Shout out, a former Dodger manager. Yes, sir. I have a lot of respect for this guy. Don Mattingly of the Miami Marlins, manager of the year in the National League. Now, I loved Mattingly when he was with the Dodgers. Uh, I was sad when he left. Yeah. But, like, I got to give a huge shout out to Don Mattingly. Like, props to him. He took a group of minor, he basically coached a minor league team this year. Yeah. Including an Olympic figure skater. What? One of their, yeah. So one of the players that they called up during the whole COVID outbreak was a silver gold medalist in Olympic figure skating. <laughs> There's no way. There is a way. It happens. baseball? It happened. Oh my god. Yeah, so about 20 members of the Marlins got COVID basically That's and crazy. they literally called up a brand new team. Half of them Don Mattingly didn't have a clue who they were. And hey, you know what? It was a 60 game season, but in the end he Coached them to the playoffs. Yes, he did. So and they and, beat and the Cubs. They, they beat the they swept the Cubs. And the Cubs have a way bigger payroll than them. Exactly. So you know what? I gotta give props to Don Mattingly. That right there, enough is pretty deserving good. of giving yes. him the award. Well, especially what you gotta think about this too is how he got the players to play for each other, especially after Jose Fernandez passed away last year. Uh, or maybe two years ago, I believe. That was like four years ago. Was it? Dude, see, I feel like an old man now. I feel like that was like last year. I believe it was year. 16. Was it 16? Yeah. So, so like, keeping those guys together, and there's still guys there that were there when that happened, and, you know, really playing for him, that's inspiring for me to see as the Marlins go from just a last-place team every year to now they're in the playoffs, and they beat the Cubs. Yes, they did. So, again, congratulations to both managers. Yep. Um, very deserving of awards. Agreed. Now, we're going to go to Cy Young. So a little fun fact about the Cy Young before we talk about who actually won it. Yep. Both pitchers who won the Cy Young are from Southern California. That's what we do in Southern California. We have the best baseball players in the world. So one of them uh, attended Laguna Hills High School in, I believe, Orange, California. Yeah. And the other attended Hart High School, my rival high school, in Santa Clarita, California. I see. And both of those... Southern California pitchers happen to win for both Ohio teams. Yeah. So with fun. that, we're going to dive into our American League Cy Young winner, the better Bieber. Sorry, ladies. Oh. Shane Bieber, American League Cy Young winner for the uh, Cleveland Indians. Hey, he's coming for you, Justin Bieber. But uh, Shane Bieber, man, unbelievable season. Um, never say never. Six years ago, Shane Bieber was a walk-on at University of California, Santa Barbara, UCSB, big party school. Not always thought of as a big baseball school, but he walked on there. Look at that. You want to tell him some of his numbers? Yeah, I'll get into some of his numbers, but uh, just a quick uh, shout-out, Kent. Very good Justin Bieber reference right there of with course. a never say never. Never say never. That's a throwback. Hashtag pop culture. <laughs> but yeah, Shane Bieber... Absolutely dominant this year. He had a 1.63 ERA in 12 games started, which is a very, very good ERA for pitcher, especially starter. 8-1 record. Personally, for me, I'm not a huge fan of the win-loss stats. It still has something to do with it, but I don't think it's everything for a pitcher. Yeah, I think you could be 5-7 and seven and still be a great record, like or be a great pitcher. Like, look at Jacob DeGrom now. He's yep. not 5-7, and seven, but... 
his record is definitely blemished by the fact that the Mets can't get any yeah. run support. Plays for the Mets. But anyways, in 77.1 innings pitch, 122 strikeouts. Wow. That is insane. And just 21 walks this season. So very low. 14 e earned runs. I, I don't know why I was about to say 14 ERA. ERA, Four no, 14 earned runs, excuse me. Yep. And um, yeah, but always you can see... He was dominant. I think his first six starts of the season, he had at least 10 Ks. Crazy. Just absolutely filthy. I would have loved to see what he would do if he was pitching like this over 162. Oh, 100%. Over he'd, he'd probably be pushing records. Yeah, yeah, he'd be looking like Kershaw 2014. Just unbelievable. But we're going to jump over to the NL. Yes. And this is Alrighty. Alex's guy. This is my guy. Um, first of all, not even just in baseball, but just the character of our National League Cy Young Award winner out of Cincinnati playing for the Cleveland. Cleveland in Cincinnati. <laughs> That's how that works, Alex. The, it's the concussion talking again. Mr. Seven-time concussion rears his head again. <laughs> Pitching for the Cincinnati Reds. Excuse me. The Cleveland Reds. <laughs> One of the biggest personalities in all of Major League Baseball, Mr. Trevor Bauer. Wow, Trevor Bauer had an amazing season. What a year. It was an insane year. He's one of the rising arms in the game and rising personalities. He had a great year. Kent's going to read off some numbers for you. Yeah, man. He just had a disgusting year. He had a 1.73 ERA. Wow. Um, as Alex was saying, though, earlier, which I actually agree with this, his win-loss record did not really reflect what kind of year he had. He went 5-4. and four. To be fair, the Reds had a tough year with injuries. Um, obviously, Moustakis, one of their better hitters, out for most of the year. Um, Votto did not have a great year. He's getting older. Uh, but a 1.73 ERA. That's just unbelievable. Over 73 innings pitched, he only gave up 41 hits, only 14 earned runs. While also, I believe his strikeouts were way up. Let's see, his whip was .795. Now, whip, for anybody who doesn't know baseball, that's walks and hits per inning pitched. He gave a .795. He wasn't even, on average, giving up a hit per inning. That or a is, walk. Yeah, or a walk. That's just unbelievable. And he had 100 strikeouts over only, let's see, well, how many innings pitched was it? 73. So that means his strikeout rate was off the charts. This guy was unbelievable. And really, to me, I think seeing where he's going this offseason is going to be huge. But just huge congratulations to Trevor Bauer and uh, the whole city of Santa Clarita on his accomplishments. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, Shower is just a great guy, obviously. And just a huge congratulations to our SoCal boys, Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer. Yes, sir. Uh, definitely excited to see where Trevor Bauer ends in the offseason uh, with free agency. The first free agency we're going to see basically go down through Twitter. Really, right? So it's definitely going to be an interesting one, and I'm excited to see what happens. So now, with that being said, we are going to dive into the Big Boy Award. Big Boy. The most valuable player, MVP, Kent. You want to dive into that? Yeah, so starting it off, as I'm going to go with the same route as the award show last night, Jose Abreu in the AL. Now, Jose Abreu had a disgusting year. Loved disgusting. His year. Um, Jose Abreu, just unbelievable. 19 home runs, 60 RBIs, 317 batting average, he also had a 987 OPS. That is unreal. Like, for a first baseman like that, I mean, obviously a first baseman is supposed to be a good hitter, but wow, he went off in 60 games. I don't even know if he played all 60. 
He had 19 homers and 60 RBIs. I, I just, if you expand that and you project it over 162, I don't even want to know what that guy's hitting. That's unreal. Yeah, it's insane. And you know, with the NL, this is where we, me and Kent, kind of been talking over the last couple of weeks yep. about who we thought NL was, uh, our NL MVP was going to be. Yes, we. I think we both agreed on the AL. I think we. Both well, oh yeah, Jose Abreu was, you yep. know, unanimous, unanimous, far and away. I think we all 100% knew he was going to win. But this is where Alex and I were actually both... We disagreed, and we were both actually wrong. Which is not surprising. So, before we actually talk about who won the NL MVP, we are going to talk about who our picks were and why. Yeah, Alex, uh, will start? Yeah, I will, I'm going to start. Go ahead. So, I actually picked Manny Machado, our good friend, oh, down boy. in San Diego to win MVP. No. Now, I think Manny Machado... His numbers were overlooked this year because of Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes, being Tatis, alongside him. Tatis got so much hype. Even you can ask people, a lot of them are like, I think Tatis should have been in the top three over Machado. That's what I said, actually. Kent did say that. Here's why I picked Machado. First of all, he had a strong finish, which I think is very important. Yes. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Agreed. And, you know, I really think he was a big contributor to getting the Padres to the playoffs. I mean, this guy had to face the Dodgers. And the A's. Yep. So I definitely think without him performing well, they wouldn't have necessarily gotten into the playoffs. And, you know, like I said, Tatis Jr. has been given a lot of credit for success of the Padres. And, you know, granted, he was a huge part. But Machado actually had the higher war. Yeah. Which, for those of you who don't know, is wins above replacement. So he contributed to more wins. His play contributed to more wins for the Padres in the end. Machado had 16 home runs. Yep. 47 RBIs. A 304 batting average, and he had a 2.8 WAR, which, as you can see, it's obviously not the highest, but it was also a shorted season. Yep. So I think he was actually a really good candidate. Now, Kent, who do you think was going to win? Uh, here's uh, here's the LA bias coming out in me, but also I don't know. It, is it because I watched a ton of Dodger games that I think Mookie should have won the MVP, or is it just because he's the best player in the NL? I think it's the second one. I think Mookie Betts is the best player in the NL. Not just because of the position and the glove that he has out in right field, but also because of the bat he provides at, at a leadoff position. Let's go over some of his numbers. Let's do it. He had 16 home runs, 39 RBIs as a leadoff hitter. Most of his hits, most of his at-bats, are coming when nobody's on base. This is a good point. So he had basically 40 RBIs, which is only 8 away from Manny Machado. And Machado was hitting in like the 3rd or 4th spot. So, come on. Mookie Betts, 292 batting average, 927 OPS, and he also had a 3.4 war. This guy is winning us games at a record level. The Dodgers set so many records this year, and Mookie Betts was our best player. If we were talking about the NBA, which we're not, but if we're talking about the NBA, the NBA MVP usually goes to the best player on the best team, i.e. Giannis, Harden, what Westbrook a few years ago was an anomaly, but Curry before that, LeBron. Usually it's the best star on the best team, and... For Freddie Freeman to win it this year, obviously the Braves were good, and he's a great player. I just personally think Mookie Betts took the Dodgers to a level that the Dodgers hadn't even been to before, and the Dodgers were already the best team in baseball. You could see it. You just got to watch a Dodger game, man. And that guy pops off the screen with his speed, base running, um, that glove in the outfield. I mean, he obviously proved it during the playoffs, how electric that glove is. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about Mookie's case? Yeah, you know what? The one thing I will give you, obviously I love Mookie, and I'm glad we have him for another 12 years out here in L.A. Love it. If he had started his first 10 or so games yes. the way he played his last 50, yeah. I think he would have been a unanimous vote for MVP. Agreed. He probably would have um, finished with 20 home runs. He 
more than 20 home yeah, runs. The I way mean, he was hitting. He probably would have loved the MLB in home runs. Oh, I, yeah. I think he could have made a case for maybe 25. He just, he started off slow the first 10 games. You know, I don't know if it was the pressure of coming to LA and adjusting, you know, yeah, maybe. adjusting. Obviously, he was brought there to win and he ended up doing so. Yeah. But I think he definitely, his slow start is what hurt his case. Yep. But like I said on our show with Matt a few weeks back, Mookie is my early 2021 MVP vote. I like it. So I, like I, I can see where you make the case, but also I can understand why he didn't win this year. Yep. Like I said, those first 10 games are so hurt him. Yeah, but to get to the actual MVP numbers, um, Freddie Freeman Freddie Freeman. the Braves. Uh, Freddie Freeman put up a good year. 13 home runs. He had 53 RBIs, which was obviously more than Machado and Betts. Um, hit 341. And I think that's what one of the numbers that really propelled him. He hit 341, had a, a 1,102, 1.102 OPS, um, as well as a 2.9 war at first base. Um, was that his offensive war or his overall? That's the overall, overall war, I Overall gotcha, okay. Because his defensive war is probably lower than Mookie Betts' uh, at first oh, base. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just an unbelievable season from Freddie. Freddie was the best player in the Braves, and that's saying something. I think Alex had an argument for Ozuna. But, um, uh, or no, not Alex. Some One of my other friends argued that Ozuna should be ahead of Freeman. And I, really? called him, I called him crazy because there's no way a DH should ever be on the MVP. Yeah, list. I was going to say, when did I say that, Ken? Yeah, no, uh, totally mixed up there. But, um, no, Freddie Freeman, unbelievable year, hit really well, led the Braves to a great record, and I'm excited to see what the Braves do going forward. Freddie Freeman, MVP for 2020. Yeah, and just, you know, also, props to Freddie Freeman. He's always a great player. He's one of the top first basemen in the league by far. But, you know, the fact that I think some people forget this man had a two-week battle with COVID. Yep, and a bad battle. Like it was a bad he, battle. He was about to die. Yeah, so the fact that he overcame this pen, this sickness that we're all struggling with this year. Yep. And put up these numbers is just insane. And it's powerful to kind of a sim- symbol for what we should strive to do in this year. You know, like, let's push through this and achieve greatness even in the face of this, you know, terrible pandemic. So really inspiring to me. Exactly. And well he's, said. He's such a good dude. Great dad. You see, you know, pictures of him with his kids. Like, there's not a better guy that could have won MVP. Mookie Betts is obviously a great guy. Manny Machado, not so much. But... Um, really happy to see Freddie Freeman win it. Also, uh, Manny Machado owes his entire contract to that one fan. Remember he, he made does? that bet? He said, <laughs> I bet you my entire contract we will win a World Series before the Dodgers do. That's Cap. We it t- it got took one, one year to, to throw that off. So, um, Mookie, pay up, buddy. No, not Mookie. Manny. Manny. Manny, pay up. The concussion's coming the again. Concussion Sorry. Is really Manny, intent. pay up. If you want, we'll take it for a NASCAR team. Oh, no, no, we'll take Manny's contract for that NASCAR team. NASCAR uh, racing team. Elon, Elon Toyota, you're still not off the hook. But no. anyways, we're going to dive into NBA now. We're going to switch gears. Finally talking some basketball. I love it. Yeah, so let's start it off. Let's do it. Most improved player this year, Brandon Ingram, former Laker. We packaged him in the trade for Anthony Davis. Brandon Ingram wins Rookie of the Year. Really great player. I mean, you love to see guys like that succeed. Um, I don't know what you think of Brandon Ingram's game. Obviously, he needs to improve his three-point shooting. Um, and he pairs well alongside Zion. Zion can stay healthy. Yeah, you know, the one thing I have to say is I think this was a one of those deals where both sides won. You know, obviously the Lakers got Anthony Davis in the championship. Yep. But the Pelicans got some very good players out of this deal. No obviously, doubt. Brandon Ingram yep. winning most improved. Yes. I think both sides benefited from this deal. So it's good to see a guy like Brandon Ingram 
former Laker win the award. Yep. And I think he's well-deserving of it. Oh, agreed. And and what's inspiring for me, even as a Lakers fan, is, hey, this trade was not a robbery. Like, they got the most improved player. They got Alonzo Ball, who's not great. And they got Josh Hart. Plus our, our fourth pick that they used traded and got more assets. That was not a steal of a deal. We got a championship. We got AD, who's going to be our star for a long time. But they also got some good things. And that keeps parity around in the league, um, which is good. I, and, and AD's trade request did not break the league. You know, so... Yeah, jumping over to Coach of the Year, Nick Nurse with the Toronto Raptors. Obviously, they came off the championship run with Kawhi. Kawhi leaves, and the Raptors are just as good. I don't know what you think of Nick Nurse and the system he runs there. Um, any thoughts? I mean, yeah, you have a guy like Kawhi leave right after winning a championship. That's going to be tough on any team. Yep. Like Kent said, I think it's very good of what he did over there. Yep. Obviously, they made a playoff run. They did. They were playing the Celtics, and they took him to seven games, I believe. They won seven games. They lost Even in game seven. in the bubble, which was, uh, I think, a big deal. You know, they got guys like Fred Van Vliet, you know. Yeah, and I mean, out of their mind. a 53-19 and 19 record, they were two and a half games out of the uh, number one seed they in the, were. They were right in the, the Eastern box. Conference. Yep. So, it's not like they slowed down without Kawhi, you know, they did a great job, and you know, I think they well-deserving for Nick Nurse. Absolutely, absolutely, what, what a year from them. Nick Nurse, hell of a coach. In two years, he's taken a team to a championship and won coach of the year, so... Um, I will take that coach any day. Yeah, and over to Rookie of the Year. Yep. Uh, over in Memphis, we have Ja Morant. I love Ja So, in 67 games, he put up 18 points per game, 7 assists per game, 4 rebounds a game. Obviously, great season. He's a playmaker. He is. He's going to be a tremendous player. He's going to have a great career ahead of him. And you know what? It's great to see this. Obviously, when the draft happened, everyone was picking Zion to be uh, yep. the Rookie of the Year. Everybody. And Zion, you know, he did have the injuries. That Twenty. Was... He played 24 games, had 22.5 points per game, 6 rebounds per game, 2 assists per game. Yeah. So, it's not like he didn't put up great numbers. He just didn't play enough. Yeah, he didn't play enough. And, you know, I think he's just struggling a little bit. Of You know, he was this big man in the... College over at Duke. Yeah, but he got um, injured could, there too. Got injured there. Could dunk over everyone. I think he's realizing he can't necessarily do what he did in college in the NBA because you got a lot of people who can do exactly what he can do. But stay healthy. Well, exactly. Here's the issue with Zion. You cannot play at that weight. You yeah. have to drop down at least 20 pounds. There's no way your body's going to be able to handle that. He Unbelievable when he's on the court. He put up nearly 23 points per game, six six rebounds, as you said. But he only played 24 of 82 games. You cannot make an argument for him winning Rookie of the Year. No, you he, cannot. If he doesn't play more than you know 40 games. like John Morant was taking his team to basically nearly the playoffs. They lost, obviously, in the bubble. But they would have been a playoff team if the season finishes the way it does. And he was their best player. John Morant, unbelievable player. Now, I'm not convinced that John Morant has a better career than Zion. I think Zion obviously could come back, lose a little weight, come back, be dominant and be the better player overall, but obviously rookie of the year, that's all that matters. John Morant played 70 games. He deserves it. Yeah, 100%. And again, excited to see both of their careers unfold in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, definitely great players to watch. Uh, so it's, it's inspiring to see so many young, great players in the NBA. I'm really just looking forward. I You know what I'm really like excited about is R.J. Barrett over with the Knicks. Yeah. Obviously, the Knicks, not a great franchise, but R.J. Barrett... 
one hell of a player. Gotta agree. That just the entire Duke draft class from last year. Oh my, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, even uh, Cam Reddish is playing all right over there in Atlanta. We'll see. Yeah, uh, I I think last year was a great draft class. I don't think this year's going to even come close to comparing. No, I agree. We did our mock drafts in our last episode, so go check that out with Ryan Jones. Or, sorry, two episodes ago. But um, I agree with you. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you want to move on to our sixth man of the year? Yes, sir. Sixth man of the year. It pains me to say this. Lob City, baby. Montrez Harrell. Unbelievable season from him with the Clippers. I don't really you know have any other players that should have won it. Maybe Lou Williams with them. Um, he kind of took it away this season. He played a bunch of minutes for them, was a great bench player, um, and was basically their best big man. Um, but to me, I don't like Clipper players, so it's whatever. But good for him. I think he gets a big, big deal in this offseason and leaves the Clippers. Um, I don't know what you think in terms of places that he could go um, that have the money to sign him. Maybe a team in Texas, maybe the Spurs. Yeah, you know, I could... I think the Spurs would be a good fit. I know they're uh, the Spurs are trying to ship out Lamarcus Aldridge. So. Yes, and and Demar Derozan. Yeah, so they definitely have some space there. They're gonna have some cap there. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see him as a good fit there. Yeah, with with the uh, pop. Yeah, pop. but you know, you're talking about Lou Williams being a potential winner this year of the six man. Let's just talk about for a minute how well the Clippers are with that six man. I mean, Montrez Harrell was their. Third straight year, the Clippers had a six-man. Their fourth since 2015. Yep. Obviously, the other three, Lemon Pepper, Lou Williams, went in <laughs> in 15, 18, and 19. Wow. That just shows like how great of a bench they have and how versatile their bench is. Yes. They're just they're so close to being such a dominant team. It's just like the Dodgers. You know, they need to get over that playoff hump. They do. They've been there for a while, um, even while the Lakers were bad, and they were just at that level that they could win a championship and never did. But. Also, if you want to focus on the Clippers winning sixth man of the year, even before that, uh, Jamal Crawford won two sixth man, maybe three sixth man of the year awards with the Clippers. They, the Clippers are the sixth man team. That's all they do is have sixth man of the year winners. <laughs> Can't win any uh, any second round playoff games to save their life, but they can win sixth man of the year awards. So, uh, exactly. Maybe we just give the sixth man of the year to the Clippers from now on. It's just their honorary. It's o- it's only the Clippers can win that award. It's, the Clipper it's award. just who will win it. Yeah, it's it's about who. Are we going to change the name to the Clipper Award? Yeah, I, I think we'll call it the sixth man of the year, the Clipper Award. Now. Hot take. Sixth man of the year award, now the Clipper Award. Now the Clipper Award. NBA take notes. Adam yep. Silver? Adam Silver, this is the podcast to listen to right here. We're just getting everyone big on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Like, this, is the, this is where you go to get big. This is the podcast you go on. Exactly. Anybody who's on here, celebrity tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, let's, uh, you want to move on to uh, Defensive Player of the Year, who was also the MVP? Yeah. Our boy Giannis. Giannis. I still can't say his last name. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> <laughs> no concussion, man. Ante Tecumpo. Ante Tecumpo. Yep. There you go. Yes. He got it. I got it. Yeah. Um, I think this was no shock that he won MVP. Yeah. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Obviously, there that could have gone in multiple directions. I have a take on that. I think Anthony Davis should have won it. Laker bias, but I can see why he won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Um, obviously Anthony Davis, great defender. Giannis. Great defender and, yep. and score. Both of them great players. Yes. Giannis has played 63 games where he averaged almost 30 points per game, 29.5 to be exact. 5.6 assists per game, 13.6 rebounds per game. Which is unreal. 
14 rebounds a game, 30 points. That's like Shaq type numbers. That's unreal. Yeah, there's no. It's no surprise that Giannis is one of the greatest players in the NBA currently. Yeah. Um, he's definitely exciting to watch. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he stays in Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be the big thing. Is is he going to leave to go to a place that he can actually win at? I think Giannis is like 25 years old. This man is 25. Yeah. With two MVPs. Yep. That's unreal. But you know what? The more important stat, his brother Kostas won an uh, NBA championship <laughs> NBA before championship. he did. Yep. Yeah, Giannis is sitting over there in Milwaukee waiting to uh, get past you know these uh, Eastern Conference teams, and Kostas just rides LeBron and AD to a championship. Yes, sir. I love it. But yeah, MVP for Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm excited to see what the Bucks do in free agency. I've heard Chris Paul. I've heard... That they could be shipping out Middleton. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Exactly. And uh, we'll talk about that even more. We're probably going to have a draft special coming up with the draft. I believe it yep. is next week, right? It is November 18th, the draft. Be on the lookout. Show, uh, Showcase Sports Media will present the B-Squared Podcast draft special. It's going to be awesome. That's going to be a big episode for us. And we're going to be talking about all the draft picks and then as they go into free agency two days later. Yes. So definitely some exciting things coming in both baseball and basketball. Yep. Uh, now we're going to jump into our in other news segment. In other news. Do, do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're going to get that uh, little jingle made. Yep. I think that was pretty baller. That was really dope. Sports history made today. Yes, just today. The Miami Marlins hired the first ever female GM in any major North American sport, male sport, period. Yeah, unbelievable. I believe her name is pronounced Kim Ng. Yes. That's what I looked up. Yep. So Kim Ng, so first female GM in all sports. Yeah. She served as the MLB's senior vice president of baseball ops for the last nine years. Served as an assistant GM for both the Yankees and Dodgers. She has quite a resume. Yes. You know, a lot of people are looking at the fact that she won, she's the first female to be in such a high role. But I believe it was John Morosi I was reading a tweet from earlier today. Actually stated that she is one of the greatest resumes of any first time GM in MLB history. So she's clearly deserving of this award. Yeah. Uh, it's great to see that she is the first woman getting into this position. Yeah, I love it. But I'm surprised I've never heard of her, especially being with the Dodgers for nine years. Like, she knows her stuff. She's she's up there. What yeah. do you think, Kent? I, this is a big day for sports. And I just want to point this out. Um, as somebody who has um, three sisters, I think it's really important that f- females and, and women as a whole get as much look at their resume in sports, as much look at their... Um, accomplishments in sports as as men do because if an assistant GM man had three World Series rings you better believe he'd be a GM by now but it feels like there's a little bit of bias there of hey we don't want to break this wall yet of hiring a female GM and I'm really excited to see that the Miami Marlins did um, I think I'm a proponent of whoever the best candidate is regardless of gender race or anything they need to get the job don't look at any other factors besides what they have accomplished yeah, and what Kent was referring to, the three rings, Kim, in her position and times of being in the front office of other teams, three World Series rings, she's made eight postseason appearances as an executive. Yep. So, she clearly has been a part of some huge teams, and 
I'm excited for this new part of sports and to see what she does in Miami. And Miami has a bright future. They do. If they go deep in the playoffs with her as their GM, this is going to do wonders for more women in, in big roles in sports. Hopefully in football and basketball soon too, we can start to see even more women in roles. We have Becky Hammond um, as the assistant coach with the Spurs. We want to see more and more diversity and inclusion in sports because that's what sports, that's what America is all about. Yes, sir. Now, uh, moving on, obviously, we got the NBA restart coming December 22nd. Yes. There's a lot of concern from players, obviously. No the doubt. Lakers and the Raps. Who did the Lakers beat again? The, the uh, Heat. Miami Heat, yes. Concussion boy coming in again. Coming in clutch. The, Lakers, the Lakers and Heat, I believe, with a December 22nd restart, have 76 days of off-season rest. Which, to point out, would be the shortest off-season in any major sports history. Yeah, exactly. And Ever. Me, ever. And meanwhile, we got the teams that didn't make the bubble, which was Basically, about 22, right? Yes, a bunch of them. 226-day yeah. offseason. So Unreal. That's going to be interesting to like, see with the differences in rest. I get the NBA is losing money, but come on, man. Like, that is way too quick of a turnaround. 76 days, especially for LeBron James, who's a 34, 35-year-old yeah. guy at this point. Come on, man. Like, that's unreal that you're turning it around this fast. But here's the, here's the bad part. The Lakers will not be allowing fans in their stadium. How are they going to make money, man? Like, I get jersey sales can only do so much. The majority of revenue in sports, guys, take notes. The majority of revenue is going to come through this little thing I like to call ticket sales. You What's need, that? You need, yeah, exactly. What are fans and stands? You need fans to make money on concessions on merchandise on just the tickets themselves this is going to kill the nba so a little note on that actually i was reading today yep the warriors just proposed i, w- I want to say it was to gavin newsom because yep. they're in california but it might have been in the nba i'm not sure who they proposed it to yeah but they proposed an idea for 50 percent capacity this season and what they would do is they would pay $30 million to make sure fans get tested at the arena before they get in. So that's kind of interesting to see if they can make that work, if that gets approved. But You want to know why? Because that $30 million would be worth it because they'd make a lot more. Than exactly. That. You know what I mean? Like they'd make a ton more in jerseys, t- uh, tickets overall, m- money yeah. or money that they make from food because of how expensive stadium food is. Exactly. But, you know, Gavin Newsom, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns it down, if that's who it was proposed to. He's going to go behind the wall with uh, the Astros and La Russa. Yeah. So. No, he, he'll, he'll be stuck back there. You know, I'm starting to think, based on our talk now, yep. we need to add another segment called Who's Going to the Wall? Who's Behind the Wall? And we just keep adding, every week we just add someone behind the wall. <laughs> well, It's like gonna, cancel culture, yeah, but they're going behind the wall. We're going to start that. It's now going to be The Wall is one of our ending segments. Um, I love that so much. <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions for who should go behind the wall, yep. uh, you know where to DM us. Yes. So At B Squared Pod on Instagram. Yeah, I think we're going to start that. Yeah. Because that's a great idea. I love it. Who's uh, going behind the wall? Yeah. Moving on, though. Oh, yeah. Lucky Ken. I'm kind of jealous of him. A lot of people were. He got to work the Sierra Canyon versus Coronado yes. basketball game last night. Yep. Technically, it was Air Nado versus California Basketball Club. Yeah, don't because tell anyone. It's kind of violating high school was, rules. It was just not high school teams. It was club teams. 
But Sierra Canyon and Coronado, yep. huge teams in basketball. He got to watch Brawny. Ken actually made it on Sports Center last night. I was night. on Sports Center. If you watched the game, it was on ESPN too as well, and you can see me the entire game. I uh, I definitely sent that to my parents. My dad was crying. My son finally made it on Sports Center, not as an athlete, but doing statistics for a high school game. Um, no, so the funny thing is that all the hype was around Bronny. Bronny's a sophomore. Give him some time. The real hype was around Jaden Hardy and Amari Bailey. Now, let me talk about Jaden Hardy for a second. Jaden Hardy, I've watched him three times now in person. The first game I watched him in person, he put up 46 points. Second time I watched him, he put up a triple-double with 33. Oh, my. The last night, he put up 39 points, seven rebounds, three assists. This kid is the truth. I love Jaden Hardy. Hot take. We're going to look back Hot at take this, alert. this podcast in about two years. I think Jaden Hardy is going to be a top five pick in the NBA. Whichever draft he goes in, he's going to be top five. This kid can shoot the lights out. He can score from anywhere on the court. He can handle the ball, and he's got a hell of a hell of a you know vertical with great defensive skills. Tell you what, Kent, November thirteenth, twenty twenty-two. I'm going to replay this podcast. And yes, we're going to see. Keep this. I'm in setting the back an alert. I'm setting an alert on my yeah. calendar. And if he goes number one overall, I expect somebody to get me on ESPN because I said this so long ago. Jaden Hardy is the truth. But let's not forget about Amari Bailey. Amari Bailey for Sierra Canyon. He's a junior there. He might be the number one point guard in that class. He is unbelievable. He had 28 points, 6 rebounds, and 9 assists. Unbelievable game. But Bronny James, 9 points. I, I'll i be real with you, Alex. I don't see it from Bronny. He catches the ball, doesn't even look at the rim, doesn't even you know, have a, a, a athletic stance. He just kind of stands there and passes it back. He made a crazy three to, to beat the buzzer um, in, in like the second quarter. But I'll be honest, I don't really see it yet. He can get up and he can throw it down, but I don't see the basketball IQ. I don't see the aggressiveness. Makes sense because he's only like 16 years old. But yeah, I, at some point I want to see him be more aggressive and take the ball to the basket because he only shot three-pointers yesterday. He didn't even go inside the three-point line. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely young. He's got a little more time to mature. Agreed. And the one thing I will give him, obviously there's a lot of pressure on him for being LeBron's kid. Of course. And he's surrounded from ta- by talent. You know, like you said, Amari Bailey. Yep. Last year, he was playing alongside B.J. Boston. Zaire Williams, yep. Uh, Zaire Williams. And, you know, their center... Harold Yu yep. is a six foot ten monster. He's crazy. Unfortunately, he is stuck in China right now. He's trying to get permission to come back, but uh, they're kind of skeptical because of the whole COVID thing. But that man is a unit. He's crazy. I so we both watched him last year in person. He is a monster. Agreed. So without him, I well with him last night, I think um, Sierra Canyon would have won. Exactly. Just the Sierra Canyon team in general is insane. But uh, we're going to move into our last segment for in other news. Is the SEC in trouble? Yeah. Um, SEC games getting postponed more often than Kent is seen eating at Culver's. Wow, that's a lot. That, I was at that's, Culver's yeah. a billion times during NASCAR Championship weekend. Yeah. So it's definitely a lot. Um, Bama versus LSU. Yep. Missouri versus Georgia. Auburn versus Mississippi State. Texas A&M versus Tennessee. All, all canceled. All of them? All canceled. Wow. And I'm surprised Florida's not, but let's go. Exactly. Gator Chomp. And a 14-day 14 14 day quarantine period 
could lead to games canceling next week as well. I didn't even think about that. Exactly. So we're probably going to see games canceled next week. Dude. And, you know, obviously nobody cares about the Pac-12 as much. Kent does because... Big Pac-12 guy. Yeah, we're obviously from California. The Pac-12 area. But USC versus... Or, sorry, excuse me. Um, the Arizona State game got canceled. Multiple games got canceled last week. The Pac-12 has played four games so far this season, and they've had three canceled. So yeah. I think college football's in trouble. I agree. I don't. I don't think that there's an issue necessarily with other conferences. I just don't know why the Pac-12 and the SEC are having so much trouble. If you look at the ACC, Trevor Lawrence got COVID, but they didn't shut down the entire Clemson team. Why is it that when one guy gets COVID, the SEC and the Pac-12 are just shutting everything down? I don't really understand that. I guess it's probably because the ACC is in places where they don't care about COVID as much, but you'd think that'd be the same for the SEC. They shouldn't care. But you also have to think the SEC is the biggest college conference in the country. That's where most of your college sports revenue is coming from. Agreed. If you risking an outbreak could be risking shutting down the entire season. Yeah, no, agreed. I see see you. It's also that they're allowing fans into those stadiums. That as well. And that would spread it to fans. So I get that. But I got to ask with all these COVID outbreaks, do you see a possibility of the college season getting shut (sighs) short. See, I'll be real about this one. When we had the COVID outbreak back in March, they canceled March Madness, the NCAA tournament. They canceled a lot of things. What I could see happening at some point is one of these conferences just saying, you know what, we'll totally forfeit our bid for the college playoffs, college football playoff, and we're just going to be done. And do you know who I think it'll be? The Pac-12. Because the Pac-12 is in the most, you know, left areas and the left is the most like shut downy oh yeah type you know people and the pac-12 is they played one week so far they just started they wouldn't lose out on much what they would lose out on is recruits saying i'm not going to play there if i'm not going to be able to play exactly lose so many kids to transfers it'd be so bad for college football and so bad for teams like my usc trojans or the oregon ducks who i love i how do you love the Trojans and the Ducks, Ken? Okay, here's the thing. I'm from L.A., so I love the Trojans, but Marcus Mariota was my favorite player in college ever, and I love the Ducks uniforms, so I always watch the Ducks. They're my uh, Pac-12 North team. USC is my Pac-12 South team. Respect. You know, I, I love Oregon's uniforms. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. It's insane. They have, they have as many uniforms as Ken goes to Culver's, you know? So, A thousand. Ken... Kent going to Culver's is actually a new measurement unit that yep. we're going to use on this podcast. Yeah, it's the new... We don't want to use the metric system. We're going to use... the metric system. We're going to use me going to Culver's. Okay. The new metric. You heard it here first, guys. That being said, what a fun episode we had today. Loved Lots it, of uh, fun takes. I hope you guys enjoyed just us two. Yeah. <laughs> um, let us know. Do you like us two alone? Do you like our guests? You know. What do you want to see? We always like suggestions and what you want to keep engaged in the podcast yeah so send those ideas to at b squared pod on instagram absolutely uh with that being said be there be there or be squared or be square baby let's go have, have a good one have y'all. a good one guys catch y'all later